0: I think we're ready. Wow. Andrew Edinger, you're here.
1: This took only... How many times did we cancel? I think this is the fifth attempt. (laughs) Uh, We can list the reasons. The reasons are all fair. Okay. Yeah, I think we should go through them. Uh, The first one was was two Fridays ago, so like 10 days ago. Uh, Rachel works from home Monday through Thursday. Uh, Friday, she's at home. She decided it would be nice if we spent, I was gone the weekend before, so I hadn't been, we hadn't spent like a day together. So she's like, just reschedule. So we did. Girlfriend tax. That
0: makes sense. One down.
1: Then we had the microphone situation, which I think came second, which is surprising, but true. This is true. This shows my <laughs> preparation level,
0: <laughs> which was that I had to rent, not just a microphone, Like all, there's a bunch of digital objects, nobody cares. Um, we pushed because of that, because you. it was clear to you that I had not adequately prepared to have a live podcast happen.
1: I do think people care. It's called thoughts and things. I think people care about what the things are. As somebody who listens to a lot of podcasts mm. and likes things a lot, okay. I literally have no idea what this microphone is plugged into.
0: We have a magical box down here that is a audio interface, digital audio interface, which essentially allows us to route microphones that don't use USB, the ones that use these XLR cables, which is what you see in basically like all, it's like, I think it's the same cable even they use in like a, in lighting. In, a, in what? In lighting. No, not in lighting. I don't think so. Hmm. It's possible I'm wrong, but it is the type of thing they would use in, for example, like a concert or a concert film where somebody you got the long, anyway, um, <laughs> and this is all running into this magical box. The magical box is running it into Audacity which is my broke boy uh software I'm using and maybe a teaser t- to future experiences allows for not one not two not three but four different inputs
1: four uh, inputs so we could have a whole squad <laughs> of discussion i when you and i are in a group setting often we're criticized for not allowing anyone else to speak or get any airtime so the idea that we could have two other people here to watch us live with microphones in their hands would could be fun. <laughs>
0: also that is one outcome and the other outcome is the, the only other podcast idea we've talked about which would involve one additional person just three of us is someone who from my limited experience with him talks significantly more maybe even than you or I so.
1: it, it's pretty impressive actually I think it just that idea alone like can you make more than 100 like, is mm. it if the three of us came together, would it be possible that people would be like, oh, I didn't realize I could listen to three voices at the same time? I think we could find out if that's it's possible. like a 40 percent of the pie, 40 percent of the pie, 40 percent. Exactly. The
0: pie. That. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll leave that for the future. That said, today we are here. Uh, I, I've gotten feedback. I should change the name already. But currently it's called Thoughts and Things. And the whole point of this show is I talk to people I admire about the things that inspire them. And we are excited to be here with you. You gave me a list of sometimes we stick to very clear categories. In this case, there's a little bit of genre bending across things. Um, And I had the pleasure of enjoying all three of the things you shared in full. Um, And I think I had experienced them all before, but it was nice to go back and revisit them. Um, We'll start with probably the one I think I know the best, okay. which was the movie Chef. Uh, for those who don't know, John Favreau, his kid, they go across the country in a, uh, in a food truck and serve Cubanos. Um, so I suspect a lot of people saw it, um, but I think, and, and maybe for that reason, I think it's probably more interesting to start with why this movie is something that... I know you've seen a bunch of times it resonated with you. Um, what is it about it maybe that has you coming back?
1: Yeah, I guess first the thing is, like, that I want to say is I already feel insecure about my list. Like, I think I, I first went for, like, what is something I would feel comfortable talking about? But comfortable was, like, do I know enough, about do I have enough opinions about it hmm. to do that? And now I'm, like, oh, wow, it actually kind of is reflective of who I am and my interests and, like there is a bit of curation that I wish I would have done about it. Um, because I think Chef is like a really fun example of, this is to me the most rewatchable movie ever.
0: That's, why, that's That was basically my hypothesis
1: why you picked it. Yeah. yeah. I, so the movie comes out in 2014, which I think is actually, I don't know if I really still believe this, but it's definitely like a, a personality trait that I've taken on. It's like 2014 is the most underrated year for movies. It was a weird... Best I don't even know if I
0: could list movies in 2014.
1: Birdman won best picture. Okay. Okay. Whiplash was that year. Wow. S- uh there one of my favorite movies, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl 2014.
0: Yeah. Okay, maybe you're already selling me.
1: I don't I mean that movie that movie on its own is incredibly underrated, but Yes. Uh Chef was like came out at this time that you and I were both in college, 2014 to me felt like you know when people look back like simpler times, 2014 is peak that to me. Like you think about this movie, it's peak food truck. It's peak foodie. It's like when people are starting to realize like you can be interested in food. Yes. It's peak. That was still pretty new. Peak Twitter.
0: That's one of the things I was going to point out. It is, I think this might be like the, it's certainly the first good social media movie. What, Twitter is a Social Network? Sorry, what I mean is, like, social media as a thing in culture is, like, a very clear part of the plot of the movie. Yes. Like, th- there's, like, six apps in this movie that it's, like, the relationship between the father and son is bounded by social media. It's it's kind of mind-blowing. And it's innocent, to your point, Look to look back on.
1: Yeah, I don't know how well—I actually don't think that part of the movie will age well. Okay. Because I think it's sort of, like, we now have this association with social media and, like, Twitter and, like— is so serious and bad things have happened and donald trump and like this isn't a this isn't just for fun but like it was that's what
0: i think age is cool about it like yeah maybe it doesn't age accurately mm. but it's to, to the very first thing you said this idea of simpler times what more of an indication of how the times were simpler in 2014 than like the internet was still like fun and light yes. and twitter was like
1: whoa, whoa, whoa birds flying around birds. right like this seri- year i mean Part of the reason, and I say simpler times, like this movie has basically no conflict. <laughs> they like flirt with the idea that maybe something will be challenging or like his, <laughs> like it, things get hard for like, I don't know, a couple scenes. Yeah. But it's basically just up and to the right. Like, this is good. It's getting better. Oh, there's a little diff, like, but it's just so easy. And, Yeah, that really does, I mean, it's hard now, I think 10 years later, almost, to look back at 2014 and be like, remember what we really didn't, we were looking back on 2008 and we were saying that was simpler times, like, it -hmm. doesn't feel that way to me, and then also the fact that we were in college, it's like, we were in college, we were not yet graduating. we both graduated 2016, uh, so we didn't have the, like, threat of have to get a job, everything just felt so it's very easy.
0: warm it's very warm well so one of the things i wanted also uh, two things just to go back to it quickly because i don't want to forget like the goal of this podcast is not for people to come on and bring like the three like best pieces of art they've ever consumed um and i think what's cool about what you did is you brought a range of things and we'll, yeah. we'll get like one of the things you brought is considered to be the best thing in the genre ever um but two I think there's something one of the things I was curious to talk about in this context is like there's something about these movies that we that are clearly not the best. And almost every maybe it's a guilty pleasure thing. Maybe it's like I don't know for me. I, I think a movie like this is Notting Hill, which I've seen like eight times. And it's like I would never say Notting Hill is an amazing movie, but it's there's something about it, it's super rewatchable. It feels comfortable to go mm-hmm. back to. And so I was I was curious about like why that was the case for chef. It sounds like a huge part of it is maybe where you were in your life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It got. I think it is m- almost certainly that. It's hard to separate. I mean, talk about separating like art from all of the, thi- the context around them, but separating it from where you are. And I think in both of my other recommendations, like most of its impact on me is because of where I was at that time. Hmm. And it's hard to imagine that it could have hit me at a different time and still have been as resonant. But yeah, it was like getting into cooking and like I twenty fourteen I'm like going on vacations with my friends, like doing a little bit of traveling, and like we're we're finding where we want to go to eat, and it just is no. I'm no longer like eating mac and cheese and chicken fingers, and like hmm. oh wow, and there's a whole world about it, and like I've actually been to a food truck, and like food trucks are cool. Like the, yeah, I haven't been excited about a food truck in a long time. I don't think that's really like it doesn't have the same.
0: There was a period of time, though, where food trucks, even in the culinary world, were like an important part of food society. Absolutely. Huh. Yeah. I mean, even the Venice thing at the end of the movie, like I remember that, like in on Abbott Kinney, they would have this whole like Friday nights or like food truck night. It's like, yeah, thing, yeah. that's funny. It's funny. Yeah. I, I, well, the other thing it made me think of is like, I suspect suspected this movie came out, both of us, like today. Would we even see it? like let alone really connect with it
1: it is a good question i it's who's making this movie in in uh 2023 i think that's a pretty hard thing to imagine like this was john favreau's passion project like he had just come off of directing like iron man both of the first two iron man's i think he directed he did some like daniel craig movie that i think was a flop and then this was sort of yeah. it seems like maybe just was like hey i want to go step away from superhero stuff and do my own thing and uh, you know i think the, perhaps the most excited most interesting part of this or the hilarious part is that he directs his own he makes his own passion pro- his passion project he directs it he stars in it and he casts Scarlett <laughs> Johansson and Sofia Vergara <laughs> speaking of peak yeah. tw- 2014 is peak Sofia Vergara and yes. like i don't i think uh, Scarlett Johansson kind of has an infinite peak. She's a wider. Yeah. 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 And
0: Sophia Vergara is like hot in this movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, she was
1: like, she was the one of the biggest stars in the world, like modern family. I think it's probably just ending.
0: It's a little bit of a Tarantino move. Like the, the classic like writer, director, actor, cast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And okay. So I do think one other thing I haven't, haven't mentioned and hadn't thought about in a while, but I just got my record, uh, I just moved into a new apartment. You're moving into a new apartment soon. I just, my records have been shipped around from like San Francisco, but to my parents' place to like apartments in New York. And I haven't had them basically since 2019. And I just got them sent to me because I'm now moved into a new apartment. And I'm flicking through what I have, and I have the Chef soundtrack in there. Wow. And then I forgot like how much I loved that soundtrack. There was a night in probably 2015, I was home. In Miami, and so I'm I'm from South Florida. Yeah. There is a Miami component to this. Cubanos are obviously like a big Miami thing. I was very into Cuban sandwiches. There <laughs> there there's a night I'm out with a couple friends in Miami, and we're like deciding what to do. We pick up some friends, and we go from like bar to bar. We must have been 20 or 21. Yeah. We're like you know if we're getting into bars, it's with fake IDs, yeah. or we're just 21. And we decide to end the night. My friend decide says like. It's us two and two girls and like, let's go skinny dipping. He's like, he happens to be very good at, at, uh, making, turning most nights into something like that. (laughs) Either it's trespassing into a pool or like going to the beach and we put on the chef soundtrack. He's like, really? I'm like, trust me on this. And we put it on and we're just partying in the car, like really having a blast. Wow. And this, the, that, I'm still listening to a lot of the songs from that. I'm not as, I was listening to the soundtrack for a while, just like start to finish. But there are a lot of songs on there that are really just hmm. great. Hmm. I wouldn't,
0: I guess so much of that movie is music. And I, yeah, I got like, I think if I looked at it, I would probably agree. It doesn't seem like obvious, but I, I think it also speaks to how much the music in that movie is sort of like a part of the, like everything going up and to the right. Like you're, you're sort of, it's, it's blending in. It's
1: sort of like a slide, like the movie feels a little bit like a slideshow of like yes. uh, one fun scene broken up by a, song that makes you dance a little bit yeah. and then another fun scene. And even like the, the music is good in between the like a couple of sad scenes. Yeah.
0: Hmm. I would never have connected the chef soundtrack with prepping for skinny dipping. Late I, night, but yeah, I don't know beautiful. if prepping for it is. maybe prepping's the wrong.
1: <laughs> like I, it, uh, yeah, I, I recently, recently ish. When I saw licorice pizza, I mentioned that I thought it was the best, uh, movie soundtrack in a long time, which I really, I, I really do think that like I'm still, I'm listening to that a lot still. And someone said better than chef, like to me, better than chef 2014. I always call it chef 2014. Cause if you just Google chef, you might not find yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, and someone said better than chef 2014. I was like, Oh, you love that too. And they were like, no, I just know that you love you that love soundtrack. <laughs>
0: That's fun. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny how oftentimes the soundtracks of these types of movies too, Like, one of these, it's very different tone. One of these for me is Garden State. These, like, movies you go back to, I think the music is usually a very important part of it, too. Probably in part because, like, you watch these. When we fall in love with these types of movies, it's usually when you're, like, kind of young and formative. It's the same time when, like, music is really formative. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that was surprising to me in hindsight was how absolutely ridiculously star-studded this movie is. Yeah. Like, and I think maybe it speaks to the fact that Favreau had done Iron Man, and I don't know, I'm sure, I know he did a bunch of stuff before, but I think Iron Man was like, all right, he's now the guy, he can kind of do what he wants. He can probably make a movie like this, but then he can pull it, like, the the list, I was just making a list of just the weird cameos, like, it's literally Dustin Hoffman is like the random restaurant. <laughs> I actually forgot about that. Totally forgot. I totally forgot that
1: Downey is like the guy who gives him the truck. Yeah. It's like... Um, I was just watching that... that- Dodford video about Robert Downey Jr. Like I didn't know anything about his story and I didn't realize how big of a star he was. Um, I mean, I know prior to Iron Man. I mean, I know him as a star in my adult life in that, in that view. So then that I was recently reminded that he was in this because I was thinking about him, but,
0: and it's a great character. Yeah, he's like the guy with like the, the slipper. He used to put the slippers on for or the the plastic bags over your feet, the and then everyone's sliding around. <laughs> and he's like, well, "You could just take off the booties," and he's like, "No, absolutely." Oh man, and uh, yeah, who else? Um, John Leguizamo, 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 yeah, Leguizama. Leguizama, yeah. Who's Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. I don't know him as that, but <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of even like you. You watch the Bear. We yeah. got cousin Jim, or Uncle Jimmy, as the critic wow yeah i was kind of just like it was just rolling even like the publicist i don't know the woman's name but it's like the older woman she yeah. kind of crushes it there's a lot of like great little performances he must
1: have like people must really like working with him
0: oh it has to be and yeah. the weird thing now is i think if anything uh Fabbro is way more powerful now in hollywood than even he was in 2014 which is pretty telling.
1: Like. I, I don't know enough about the industry to know like if you could get this movie made today. But it's hard to think of one. It feels like everything small is A24 now. Yeah. And if it was small in A24, this would break their model. because would be very different. They would weird. just cast it with like people you hadn't really heard of, I think. Hmm. Um, I, wa- I don't know what the what the kid is up to these days. But he's great. He's also
0: young. He's like younger than I remembered. He's like a very young. He's probably like 10. Yeah. Maybe he's just short. The um <laughs> the other thing I oh so there were a couple of bits of uh, things I was digging on. One is Roy Choi produced this. Which he, kind of fits. He has a
1: presence in, in the movie. He does? Yeah, because in the food truck. Oh, in like Austin or something and they go I to Think maybe it's LA at the end mm-hmm. or
0: um but it also feels like this is I think if it were made today, to your point, like it, it probably wouldn't be a twenty-four. It would be like a, it would be like a TV thing.
1: Or like yeah, a, I mean they made it a TV thing, which did I they? didn't. I there's a Netflix series, The Chef Show, which okay. like, I okay, I do think another influence for me is like, I'm at this time probably just getting into Bourdain. Okay. And uh, and then it's like, where is there high quality food content? There's that uh, Bradley Cooper movie, which is like burnt. Yeah. I never saw it there's not much else they're really i mean the i think you you've seen from the bear like people are people are really receptive food means so much to people that it's not just like this i don't want to reduce it to just like peak foodie culture because no if anything it feels like foodie culture has grown since this movie you don't think so I th- I don't know. I feel like foodie is like was like a moment uh, in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I listened to the I th- is it rewatchables that Dave Chang was on with Bill Simmons? And must or what's his show? Bill, it could have been both, but he has the Bill Simmons show. They were talking, they talking about, about it, and and Dave is mentioning that like the funniest thing for him watching looking back on the movie is the some of the food stuff hasn't aged well, like the swoosh of the sauce. This is how I listened to that this year this is how I found out that that's not a thing anymore. Wow. I'm still trying to do the spoon, like put like that's some hilarious. spicy mayo and spoon yeah, it across yeah, yeah, yeah. the plate. And he's like, Oh yeah. Like it's like laughable how, how much they're doing that and how little people are doing that these days. Mm. So there is some element of the like foody nature of like food, the food critic being so important. I don't know. The critic doesn't seem that important anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, it's two things come to mind. One is, the thing that has happened more recently and I'm maybe I'm overfitting to the bear, but I think it applies even all these big food shows is the kit, the high concept kitchen became one of these worlds that we could go into that we didn't have access to before. And those types of shows are succession, like rich people. Those are always really popular. And it, but in some ways to your point, along with maybe burnt, like this felt like one of the first times mass audiences got to do that. And yeah, maybe it was imperfect. And then the other one, the other thing that is like a weird comparison to this movie on the fit- critic note, which again feels maybe less relevant than ever, although maybe it's just moved to the YouTuber or food blogger, is like the parallels between this movie and Ratatouille. Like there's something about like the angry critic who like spurns the chef. I don't know. I like, and, it, it, and it's funny to me that like I almost wonder if Ratatouille
1: like stole some of Chef's thunder in that way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. It makes sense that you would have – that that would be – if you're going to do a kitchen story, you're, that that would be the – like, who is the villain? You're not going to make – the customer's always right. You can't make the, the patron the villain. I mean, unless you – it would almost it would just be too ridiculous. To
0: Justin be. Hoffman, the angry owner.
1: That one makes sense. But even he, like, you want, you want them to get along. The critic, yeah. you're like, I don't give a fuck about the critic. Yeah. Like, he – <laughs> the, the critic's an asshole. He like, plays a
0: great – yeah, the, cousin or uncle uh, Jimmy from The Bear. Uh-huh. He, it's great. And th- it's just also so funny how like the way this is a spoiler, but like the way this movie just everything works, like the angry critic who's a total dick. The whole movie just shows up at the end and is like, I'm super rich. Let's start a restaurant together. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the critics, notoriously wealthy restaurant owners.
0: I don't think. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> it, it, yeah. The critic. I almost feel like
1: the age of the critic
0: in general, like famously, the New York Times food critic. I mean, excuse me, movie critic stepped down earlier this year and that was i think a huge thing and like it i guess the critic is just tiktok and youtube and well that's funny cuz in in tw-
1: 2014 you're getting like the restaurant he gets canceled on twitter but also because of a critic review like that could never happen today it, it would it would seem unreasonable that like th- the only thing i can think of is when um the new york times gave they they lowered uh, Peter Luger to like a one star, and that went kind of viral, or half a star, hmm. and that went kind of viral. Hmm. But all, yeah, even it's even telling that the critics, he's big because he has
0: he's like one of the first big bloggers. Yeah, and that's a new thing. There's no critic with like a big blog anymore. Maybe a Substack, but that yeah, that's wild.
1: I don't think there's anybody like consistently writing a critiquing food. I mean, maybe the New York Times, but yeah. otherwise it's just. This is new and cool, and you should check it out. That just seems to be, yeah. Eater
0: infatuation stuff is not right. It's like, hey,
1: this is new and like it looks nice, and the food's pretty good, or maybe it's not. And you go, you should go check it out and decide. Hmm. I don't know if we're like not receptive to critique anymore. It's possibly that Hmm. it also feels, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't, I've never been someone who's read like restaurant critiques. It feels insane to me. Do you read movie or like any other critiques? I read movie and, album and music, but music yeah. is always fun because it's like, if the, person disag- if the person doesn't like it, that's, he- I, I don't listen if, they, I don't read it if they don't, I mean, I'll, I'll read it if they don't like it, but mostly I'm interested in what people really like.
0: Yeah. But, that, but that's kind of what you're saying about food too. Yeah. To like. All right. Um, we will, we should move on to the next one for the sake of time. I think that's right. Re- I, I almost want to dig in more about like where critic stuff has gone. It feels like a, it could, yeah. It, also, everyone's a critic now. Which is yes. the big social media thing. So, um, okay, we are going to jump to the next section. Uh, this is the thing previously referenced as the best thing in its genre of all time by basically everyone. I almost wonder if we're going to start to see like a. It's cool to dislike this thing because I've never talked to anyone who doesn't like it, um, and
1: that is. I think we know someone who doesn't like it. Who? Someone who didn't want to go see it live. Oh.
0: But I don't think... There's people who, like, don't get it. Anyway, we're talking about Stop Making Sense. The yes. Talking Heads, what, it, what is considered by many people to be the greatest concert film of all time, um, John, directed by Jonathan Demi. re-released in the last... I still haven't, sadly, been to see it, but it this was week. re-released in IMAX, um, but I did, I did re-watch the movie... Um, I think people fall into the one of two buckets of that, which is like, this is the greatest thing ever. Or like, I don't get it. I don't know the talking heads.
1: I have not had that second experience with anyone. So since deciding that we were going to talk about this, I had the chance to go see the, the movie, which has been re-released by A24 and IMAX. It's been remastered. Amazing story. Actually they found, they hired a private investigator to go find the original files because they didn't they, even exist or they, they weren't even they didn't know where they were they had lost them and they were at a somewhere in Minnesota in a something owned by a studio or something movie related but they, they have no idea why they were there and they were able to track them down in this like warehouse and I don't know if it was I, I, let's assume it one someone involved in in yeah. remastering it found the Original film was in a storage unit somewhere in Minnesota, owned by someone in the movie world. So it wasn't like it was owned by a random guy, yeah. but they don't know how it got there. And they were able to re- like recover them and remaster it. And I guess the technology has gotten good enough now that they were able to. I mean, we're seeing a lot of stuff get remastered. So remastered and it's released and. We have plans to maybe go see it. Like I have a friend whose girlfriend works at 824. Can, can we get tickets yeah, that yeah, way? Yeah. It's not clear what the release dates are. Still a little unclear. The, the date's and a good. friend of mine texted me, hey, do you want to go see this? I have two tickets at BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music, to see Stop Making Sense with a and a with the band after. So cool. Do you want to go see it? And then he starts sending me some information about it in case I don't know. So he's like, it's, it's this like, you know, okay. 1984 concert film. And I just send him a screenshot of my text to you, which yeah. is like, how do we go see this in <laughs> theaters?
0: But, but to me that, that probably gives the two types of people like that. Those are really the only two. Oh, this is to. actually where I,
1: this is where I was going with that is that I went to go see this with him and he's like, I don't know anything about it. I actually don't know much about the band. And during this movie, he turns to me, he's like, one, every song is a banger, <laughs> like, which is fun to experience with someone. And two, I didn't realize how many other songs I know, yeah. which happened when I watched it with my parents who were like, I remember being a fan, but like kind of just missed it. Like this, this album came out in like what? Well, this movie came out in 84. My parents are, yeah, my parents are mid, mid tw- early to mid twenties. So like kind of just missed the, like being a passionate fan. Hmm. Um, I'll, you know, uh, yeah. And I think most people's experience is like, in my in my experience has been wow. I did not realize how how many of their songs I knew and how amazing they are.
0: Yeah, that's probably that's probably it's also just there's so many weird things as I, I did a little bit of research. Also, I I don't know when I first saw this. I don't think it was that early, but I did grow up with the talking heads in the mm. house. Because my dad was a really big Talking Heads fan. And like at least knew like burning down the house and stuff like that. I think I only watched this for the first time, though, maybe a few years ago at Christmas. Yeah. Um, But I found that uh, I think that, like, the band was around for a really long time before they were big. Like, I think they didn't have their first number one hit until, like, 1983. And then there was, like, the post thing. What, What it seems like is there was this, like, tiny sliver of time that this movie also came out where, like, They were the biggest band in the world. They were the most critically, like, they were super critically acclaimed. This movie comes out. But it was probably not that long of a period of time, which is is what explains why there's, like, some group of people who just absolutely love this thing. And then there's maybe, like, the halo effect around it, which is a lot of people have heard good things.
1: They have as weird of a story of any band that I know the story of in that they made four albums in four years. Then they took a hiatus. Oh, when was, do you know when the hiatus was? Like maybe a few years before this came out, late seventies okay, okay, and then they came back with speaking in tongues in what's eighty one uh, yeah eighty three eighty one right before the movie, so then this is this stop making sense is the tour for I think it was eighty three I think remain in light was eighty, which was the other album that I okay, so on. then that must be their yeah. their hiatus, and then this is their tour for uh speaking in tongues, and while they're touring they are like, wow, we're really on to something here. Like, this is an amazing show. As they were doing it. they like As they're doing wow. it. And, they, and I don't remember how they get connected to Jonathan Demi, who's sort of becoming, he's sort of a rising star. Um, but he has this idea, like, let's do it. Let's make this a movie over four nights. I don't really, I, I, a lot of it, I'm, I must have been David, like the, David Byrne. This is, I mean, he's he's clearly like a creative genius in this way. And they shoot it over four nights. Hollywood Pantages Theater. Is that theater still around? I believe it is, but I don't think
0: it's usually music. Okay. It's like um, Wicked. Yeah. (laughs) L.A. Broadway. Theater. (laughs) Theater. Yeah. so,
1: um, So they shoot it over four nights, and the movie becomes like bigger than the band almost. So the movie came out. And, like, there was a limited release. And I think everybody was kind of talking about it. But what the what do you do in 1983 when you would missed it in theaters? You, yeah. You wait, like, a long time. But then they re-released it, like, six months later. And got a second kick. And everybody went to see it. So if you were wow. under 25 at the time, you went and saw this movie.
0: Is there any – I can't even imagine what – Maybe it's, like, the Taylor Swift. But Taylor Swift's so famous. Like, I can't even imagine what something like this would be like
1: today. I – There have been some music movies that have been big and like cultural moments, but they've all been streaming. Yep. Even like as far back as like the Bieber documentary, which I remember was a big, never say never. Yeah. But that was streaming. I mean, I'm sure people saw it in theaters, but like you always had, at least for the last, you know, 10 years, you've had the chance to see something streaming and especially a a documentary.
0: I suspect one thing that's not exactly the same, but one thing that connects here is, it seems very clear that the Talking Heads live is a totally different experience than their recording, like recorded albums. And there are obviously bands like that throughout. His, like most probably, notably the Grateful Dead. But like, I remember when I heard ten years ago, I was like, I had listened to Arcade Fire a little bit. I didn't get it, and somebody had told me like, you have to see them live. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different. Experience. I wonder if that was a part of it too, but maybe there was less connectivity there, or it was harder to see people. Into- they, they were also around for a while, and they weren't so big. And this was the moment to be like. Experienced the Grateful Dead live and people were like, oh my gosh, this is so Yeah.
1: Big. I I think the movie itself is like, it happens to be shot perfectly. And, and you mentioned like, this is the best in the class, in, in its class in this genre. And I've had this experience where like, it's really hard to go see another concert movie. And like th- seeing this for the first time set me on a journey to like, what are the other big ones I have mm, to see? Mm. And every single one is like, cool, but why'd they have, why'd they let people why did people talk like let me see the concert i don't need to hear like the band like some some person's perspective like let me form my own opinion about it oh they're doing like documentary type stuff every other concert movie has at least even like the the lcd concert movie which is one of my favorite ones and and is a documentary but then it also comes with a bonus dvd where you can watch this is their final show at msg you can watch that that one has a little bit of talking as in the intermission they take you backstage, but that's that's the only thing that's even close to that. If you go see the 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 band uh their f- The Last Waltz, the it's the Martin Scorsese directed yeah, like yeah. Uh, you know, up there with this as like the m- most beloved ones. That one is amazing, but you're getting still a lot of like couch interviews.
0: Huh. Yeah, so it's almost like there's some temptation of the directors to make it pseudo documentary. I actually think it
1: was someone from the band was like I don't like when I'm watching a concert movie and now they're inserting an opinion into it. Like, let me watch the concert.
0: I almost wonder too, if there's some amount of, like if I, if I hadn't seen this and I was just talking about like what I would want to see in a concert movie, a pure, like just concert to video seems in theory, like it's like, Oh, I would just go to the concert or like watch it on YouTube or something. And so it's hard to say this, this though is like being it, it. what, the only thing I can compare it to is like like being at a really great concert, but you're experiencing it in a, like a slightly different frame, which is what's so powerful.
1: The first year that I saw this, which was at 20, 2020, I was at home uh, at my parents' house, and I have this community of music discovery uh, oh, yeah. called O-Fire. Shout and, out. Yeah, shout out O-Fire. And during... We were watching, like, all these live streams, and, like, it, you know, James Blake would be doing these piano streams or like, all get together and, like, just be like, holy shit, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, should we do a movie night? And we decided to select this one because it was... I didn't know that's how you saw it. Oh, wow. That's and cool. so I, I st- my parents go to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. I put it on, and I'm like, it blew my mind. The next night, I watched it again with my dad I'm like you don't understand and then the next so that was a Wednesday Thursday night I watched it with my dad Friday we're having our like you know little pod like the couple of couples that are allowed to hang out with us yeah. over for dinner and we watched it again three nights in a row I watched it <laughs>
0: but by the way it would be so normal to go see a band you liked three nights in a row in concert yes obviously there's a little bit of variance wow that's cool and what a cool yeah I mean maybe not for COVID you might not even
1: have seen it like were you into the Talking Heads? Uh, not like this. I had, I think at the time I probably had a couple songs saved on Spotify, but this th- must be the plays, yeah. Or, yeah, hmm. Wow, that's cool. There's nothing,
0: yeah. There, I, there's nothing maybe better. I remember the first time I watched, um, the before trilogy, it's not exactly the same, but I was like, I have to like watch this again and watch the next one and like show but like there's something that's so invigorating when you find the thing you're just like oh my gosh how has no one showed me this before
1: I, and I, I like historically if, if I've seen something I almost always prefer to watch something for the first time with other people watching it for the first time but there's something amazing about watching something you love with people who are experiencing it for the first time and, me, and this happens to be like, you know, a combination of all of my interests, music and movies. Yeah. <coughs> so to be able to do that together is, is really amazing. Like I had come back to New York in 2021 and was like, is there a way I can get everyone I care about into a room to watch and, this movie? Like, can we just all go and dance? And like, I didn't have the opportunity to see this live. Can we go and, and I still would really want to do that. And, you know, we're talking about going to see the movie again. I want to see it in IMAX. Um, Some people, I did a little dancing at the, I was in an aisle, so I was able to stand up and dance. I wish more people were dancing during it. I
0: mean, we've talked about this, but there are videos online of like the entire crowd at the movie theater just going, like, I think it's around the part where they play um, Burning Down the House, Uh like kind of thematically in the movie, where like everyone goes up and dances at the front of the theater for the rest of the showing.
1: I haven't seen these. It's mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw, when I saw it in theaters, I saw, or in the theater, I saw it. The band was in the crowd watching the movie, so it I truly felt like I was at the concert. Like multiple times, I had to remind myself that I was not, because if you felt the need to clap because they're there perform, Mm, like they weren't. they obviously weren't performing, but like they were. I can't imagine that they were not. Like oh, I hope they're loving it or like yeah. wow that was a performance we did and they were there to experience that
0: well they probably hadn't seen it uh, i guess they're, they're doing a few of these showings but i i would suspect a lot of them didn't watch that thing for a long time
1: as i mentioned to you that for the next thing we're going to talk about i went back to read some some old messages yeah and i just couldn't even read my own text like <laughs> i i can't imagine having done that whole performance like david has said about that performance that like He's like, "Wow, I was a really kind of I was a weird guy. Like that was a <laughs> my my favorite fact that it, so um Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott have a podcast.
0: They This is um Scott Ackerman is uh Comedy Bang Bang. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He produced, he directed or produced uh Between Two Ferns and cool then wow. uh Adam Scott famously from Parks, uh, and uh, Parks and Rec and then, you know, Big Little Lies and he's been in a bunch I didn't of know that. That's cool. He's been track. in a, a bunch of stuff, but they have a they have a podcast together that started as uh you're talking talking heads to my talking head and they've since done a bunch of other ones like are you chatting r h c p r r e to me i don't know what that and reminds. they have uh r h red hot chili peppers oh, uh, they have a uh, you two talking you two to me <laughs> and they so yes yeah, so they've done a lot of these but they started with the talking heads one and the my probably my f- favorite thing I've l- I learned from that they had Chris France on uh, and Chris and Tina Weymouth make up the band the Tom Tom Club. Okay. They're married. Okay. They're a Tom Tom Club. So there's the intermission where the Tom Tom Club plays Genius of Love. And historically that song is played uh with Tina's sisters as the backup but because they had that amazing backup singer group Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Demi was like I want to do it with Th- while we have this, like the opportunity for you guys to do this together. And Tina was like, I can't do that to my sisters. And they, they said, or Jonathan was like, let's just do it just to keep the crowd busy. We, I won't put it in. And then was just like, fuck it. I'm putting it in. Like, it's so good. It has to go in. Wow. And apparently the reason why they had to do that was because the intermission was taking too long because David had to change into the big suit. When he's changing into the big suit, apparently he would come backstage and say, time for a little toot and a big suit. So he would do he would you know notoriously at the time uh was into his cocaine, and so that he took quite some i guess it was a little bigger than a little too you
0: if you've seen the movie, this should not be providing information <laughs> at all. He literally is like running in place for like thirty minutes in this movie. he
1: does like a quarter mile maybe a half mile run during one song, like he yes. does like ten laps
0: yes, he's running in place while playing guitar it's it's mind blowing yeah. It is, I, it's, it's silly to call it a spoiler, but it is funny that this might be like the only concert movie that has a spoiler because of his outfit change. The other thing that
1: I realized, though, is... But even big suit, like, you can't imagine a big suit. Like You can imagine a suit that fits true. too big. <laughs> you, you cannot imagine what a well, big suit is. What if, what if the, and we'll,
0: we'll wrap this topic up in a second, but one of the things I love that I'll, I'll share in the comics that I, I sh- sent to you, I don't know if you got to watch it yet, is this interview. It's David Byrne interviewing himself in different characters uh, about the movie
1: I haven't seen it yet
0: um, it's pretty incredible i I'll, a couple there's there's some amazing highlights it's like he's almost an unrecognizable he plays a woman in, w- in one of them fair warning he like does blackface for one of them but he's doing all these different characters and at one point they're like he, he asked himself like, he's like why are you doing the big suit and he's like well I wanted my head to appear small <laughs> And this was the most <laughs> practical way to do it because in music, a lot of the times you lead with your body and not your head. And I'm like, this guy is both completely insane and utter genius. Like, yeah. just so... I don't even... Yeah, m- maybe we should be more open-minded to when musicians are super weird, but...
1: Have you seen American Utopia? No. You need to see that. Okay.
0: In movie form or in... Do they still uh, have it in the theater?
1: No, he's now... The only thing you can see with him live now is a... Sh- uh, which we should go see is a Broadway show with... Fatboy Slim, who's like a famous yeah DJ producer, and they have a show together, and the vocals are someone else, so it's not David Byrne vocals, okay. but uh, the theater, the main, the floor, the the front is the, a dance floor, so the, like young people are seeing it on the dance floor dancing. That's sick. Um, apparently, it's a really really great experience.
0: And I know Spike Lee does directed the
1: video, the movie yeah.
0: version of American Utopia. What a prolific guy, David Byrne. Like yeah. just. And, and obviously you hope, like, I'm sure people were bummed when they shut down the band, but, like, it would be cool to see more artists do this kind of prolific, like, range across.
1: Well, right. Races. So the, the band breaks up in, you know, shortly after this. And other members of the band have said they didn't break up. David left. Like, even when I saw them... So they they didn't talk for years. And when I, when I yeah. went so- to see them and they did this Q&A, they, they're really hurt still. Like, notably, like, we one of the members of the band is like, they were asked, would you get back to, would you guys play live again together? And they were like, you don't understand. Like, this is my favorite thing in the world to do. And it's not like we made this movie and we were nobody. Like we were one of the best bands in the world and we broke up because like David wanted to do other stuff. There's a penalty for genius, I guess. Yeah.
0: That would be hard to find the thing that you're like, this is to not be done. And I think in sports, you have these things happen, but like there's a physical limit on things. As a musician, you have, wow. All right, I have one quote I want to read um, that Harrison said about Jonathan Demi in the context of, of why they thought he was so special to make this movie. He said, this is from the Letterboxd interview they did, which was fun. He had the love of music, says Harrison. You see this in all of his films. When he has music on screen, he plays it loud enough for you to hear it. It's not really in the background. He brings it to the foreground. That's what he did with us. He brought us to the foreground, and the show was really the way it looks. And I think it maybe calls wow. back to some of the stuff you were saying earlier. About this is talking concept.
1: about Jonathan or Jonathan about David. Demi. Yeah. So an interesting thing I've recently learned is that Jonathan Demi at this time is in a fight with I think Goldie Hawn because they're making a movie together. I don't know if they're dating or what. The, they're making a movie together, and they're in a, like a big fight. And he's actually not there
0: most of the time.
1: Most of the time, and there is a woman whose name I don't remember, and I looked on the IMDb to try to find it, and I couldn't. Re- I, but she was at the showing, and one of the members of the band called it. Called, not didn't call this specific out. But was like, hey, she doesn't get enough credit for hmm. like, for really kind of running the show. Hmm. I'm. Sh- we'll I think find her it name was it definitely in uh, Jonathan's vision. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know enough about what it takes to make one of these things. But clearly, they were like she deserves her due because that's cool. Yeah. All these years later. Well, anyway,
0: if you haven't seen Stop Making Sense, find some friends and put it on a uh, honestly, like th- we gotta do the showing. I and I wanna like it's such a fun thing to like dance to. I was even just listening to the soundtrack on the way home the other day and it was it was awesome. Okay. We have one more topic. This is the one I know by far the least. Although I was surprised listening to the album a couple times, how much of the music was familiar. Mm. Um and that is the X XX by the XX? XX by the XX. Um, I also I'm showing a, a bunch of naivete here, but like I didn't I don't think it was fully obvious to me that Jamie XX was this XX and all the all the connections. But man, I was like kind of blown away. Both like I'm sure everyone's heard intro, and there's a couple pieces, but this is a really maybe Maybe the because th- it came out in two thousand nine, I think mm-hmm. it felt way ahead of its time relative to what I know about when music was there. Um, but yeah, anyway, to to we can go we can break apart pieces of it. But I'm curious, like, why you love music? Obviously, you also recommended another thing that had music. We talked about music on all three. Um, I don't think we've talked a ton about the XX though, and I think maybe you brought up Jamie XX. But like, why is this an album that mattered to you?
1: Yeah. There hasn't been a lot to talk about them in in a while. Although recently the th- thing to talk about with them is that Romy the so the band is made up of at this time there's four there are four members in, of the band when this album comes out. Um, they're 20 years old, which is crazy. Well, that's when it comes out. Some of these songs they wrote when they're 16. Some, I so, I I. Embarrassingly, I'm really I have really bad recall with track names. Yeah, I just yeah. like can never remember track names. Do you names. listen to it in
0: albums or not really?
1: This album, yeah, yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so you're not listening to the individual songs. So yeah. yeah, uh,
1: but they. I was reading some stuff about it, and like uh, apparently a lot of the songs are about like sex in a way that's funny, probably, and and to think about that they wrote them when they were 16. So, sure. but the album for me came at a time 2009 I don't think I heard it in 2009 I think it must have been a, we were 2009 we were literally ninth a freshman grade. in high school yeah. Yeah, yeah but this is when I'm getting into music right like this is when I'm starting to have different uh, tastes than the radio and like my friends are showing me stuff. I have mm. like friends who are older who I'm like either playing sports with or know around school. Did you or, have
0: an identity as someone who was into music at that point? Yeah,
1: always. But I liked punk a lot as in, in middle school. I liked a lot of like okay. alt rock. Um, but this is when I'm getting into like more R and B and progressive stuff. And I remember hearing this and being like, this is from the future, yes. but in a, but not in a way like the future. It was more like, it's so calming. Mm. And, uh but n- unlike anything i'd ever heard like there's sort of like a meme of like this is music like you hear it and you're like no this is real music and it truly feels like that despite there only being two instruments one instrument play a bass and a guitar and a and a producer jamie xx and then Romy. the reason why i was saying uh they're recently kind of Top of mind again is Romy. Just came out with her debut album, which is more of like a pop dance music album. And they've
0: all three of them are doing individual music now.
1: Correct? Yes, I don't know the the bassist Oliver. I think is his name. I don't know his individual music. Jamie's a producer and has produced some pretty amazing s- music, and like has been a high probably like my favorite DJ set I've ever seen. He just has the most unbelievable music taste, and I don't think you get that from the XX. You get the production chops, like you understand that he can produce music um but when he, when they're making this album so Jamie or uh, Romy and oliver met when they were three years old and then they met jamie when they were 11 wow yes oh, wow that's cool so it's they almost like
0: one of those brothers like sibling bands it, it, yeah. it might as well be yeah i mean like
1: mm-hmm. even closer than they would be even closer than siblings because yeah, like the same age and, and they're choosing to be friends wow um and at the time, they're, like, deciding who's going to produce the album, and they they meet with Diplo, and Diplo's going to – this is when Diplo's, like, producer Diplo. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, like, going to produce the album, but Jamie kind of wants to produce it. So he goes and is, like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. I think I can do this. And was he – do you know pri- prior to that, like, they were just in, like, a regular band? I think he was playing, like – a drum machine or like Fair he was man. playing some percussion stuff but this was also still pretty early in the context of
0: even like i think what we think of now as electronic music right
1: um yeah i think there were people i, I diplo is a great example of this like yeah. he's producing at the time like paper planes by mia and then it's like oh wow there's there is an audience now for like more pop electronic music yeah um i don't think jamie xx has really had a career in that way
0: I guess what yeah maybe maybe stuff prior is like i think of stuff like like passion pit and like stuff like that yeah that's all happening around yeah. the same time okay. okay and so he produces it not Diplo not Diplo
1: he produces at least a few of the songs i don't know if he produces the whole album okay. um but yeah 20 years old and like the album is becomes critically acclaimed as their first album in a way that is pretty rare they they won this award uh I can't remember the name, but it's it's given to the top musical act in the UK, and it's like a, a a massive honor. It's like the like the Rhodes Scholar of music. Wow! And they got that as twenty year olds, and like. And, and then they,
0: what? What do you do after that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then the, I don't think they make another album for three years, uh, maybe four, and that album is great too. But it's and there's
0: there's still only two albums. Is Jamie? Is that, maybe there's a third. I think there's only the two albums. There's like the Black there's X a, yeah, Rainbow X.
1: Yeah, and then some remixes. And is the,
0: Jamie bigger than the XX?
1: They headlined festivals recently. Okay. But he also headlines festivals. Okay. Um. I don't know. I think the band is probably bigger. This Romy album is big too. Big. I mean, yeah. Okay. okay. And the Romy album is like, you know, it's pretty. Uh, Five years from now, I could see picking this out like it's the most i've listened to an out al- it's my most listened to album in a, in like a three three week period since it came out uh okay. in as long as I can remember for like wow. a new a new album what do you think made the three of them
0: like together work so well or was it really just Romy and Jamie are both?
1: no no because it's it's Oliver's on the vocal like Oliver and Romy, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oliver and Romy are the vocals yeah, and the yeah. the two of them. I. It sounds like a. Even if you listen to interviews with her, it's she has just such a calming voice. Her mm. they're not like amazing singers, and I think she she said that, or or Oliver said like they don't they don't the album's not that loud, you know, and no, not it's a volume. A little, way.
0: It's like a little. It, it, there even there, uh, Brian E. You know and um Fred again came out with an album recently that's like very dream like. Yeah, there were even elements of that that was it was not really what I remembered or thought I was getting into.
1: And they, they mentioned like, yeah, we're 20 years old. Like it felt wrong to try to like, to try to be loud. Like we were just, we were, they were almost shy in making music, Hmm. but their voices together are both just so unassuming and really non-threatening. Like Hmm. you don't, you don't have, there's no, whatever the opposite of jarring is, like that's what it feels like where you're just like, oh, okay. Like this feels familiar and comfortable. And the two of the, it feels like they're having a conversation and they kind of are, they're singing back and forth oftentimes about similar things. Um, but both of their voices together are not, neither are so powerful that you're like, Whoa, like the star, the star of the band. It's just like there, it feels like a three or four piece.
0: Band. And maybe even the producing and some of the electronic stuff Jamie's doing feels like maybe a third character. along yeah. with Those two voices. And there's some is Arami and in Jamie XX's individual stuff, which I've, not really listen to either much are they do you get the same thing or are you is that a totally different
1: i would put on the rachel and i played a game when we first met this like seven day song challenge and one of the question one of the songs is what is a song you? one of the sorry prompts is what is a song you would play for someone who's hearing music for the first time wow and i chose i chose intro partially because it has no vocals it's the only song on the, the only yeah. song on the album album that doesn't have any lyrics um i would put play this song for anybody including you know my grandmother my you know my my friend's parents like it just it's so it's not offensive in a way that is not necessarily safe like i don't think they might would necessarily like it but if i put on a jamie xx song you might like drive the car off the cliff if you really hate that that music it's
0: very it feels very purely sonic in a way that Mm. like i think is it would be hard for somebody to be like, I don't get why people like this. Right. It, it's very easy for certain genres like electronic and dance music and some hip hop where like certain people are just never going to connect with it yeah. at all.
1: It feels like the worst thing an idiot could say about this would be that it's boring. Uh, which, like, they're, they're idiots are entitled to their opinions. <laughs> uh, I understand it not being for you, but to think anything other than this is like. I mean, it's just, the it's talent beautiful. is amazing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Do you,
0: like, are, have you had, like, conscious thoughts of, like, these are the 10, these are my 10 favorite albums, or these are my five favorite. We One of the things we did um, with some old roommates a long, a long time ago is we we got four stands for for records, and we put, like, four albums on the wall, which mm-hmm. are each of our favorite albums. I remember that. Is that something you think about? And, and, and if so, like, where does this album fit in? Or, or why was this the album that you brought up For some reason
1: I use most listened to I don't know if it's like a rejection of favorite But I use I think most listened to maybe is just like It's revealed preference versus stated Yeah Yeah. And it's definitely one of my 10 most listened to albums of all time Um, It's one that I Always come back to in a few settings Driving if I'm not tired at night Yeah, yeah It could be a little sleepy otherwise But driving at night airport travel and noise canceling headphones that makes sense or working and I'm playing music through headphones or speakers like it's like ambient music that makes me feel a way that ambient music hasn't made me feel like I I, I like ambient music but not there are people who are like fans of it I'm not there yet it's ambient it feels a bit like
0: ambient music with a little bit more drive and intention Mm -hmm. in a way because to your point maybe I don't know if you're like this it's hard for me to listen to most Lyrical music, while working, yeah. But I do think this is in part because the voices are not up above everything. Correct, the voices are weaving in. Yeah, man. I, I mean, there I are there time?
1: are a lot. Of, there are obviously the choruses I know, but there are a lot of lyrics on songs I've listened to hundreds of times that I truly do not know. Yeah, yeah it's voices, I mean,
0: instrument much more than voices. That's yeah.
1: well said. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I really like this album in a way that i don't feel there there's other music that i've listened to before and i'm like i like this more than most people like this um and i think it's because it's uniquely made for me i don't feel that about this it was just like this the timing of when i heard this was right like i was getting into music that wasn't what i was hearing on the radio and i'm just certain that if someone else was in my shoes at that time they would also feel that way
0: (laughs) it's a little bit more universal perhaps
1: yeah, I I I think it I would I I don't know anybody who's listened to it and not been like that's really good. Do you would you be excited if they announced they were
0: coming out with a third album or a little nervous?
1: Uh yeah, I think the fact that they're still pretty popular and making music that's different on their in their own careers, it probably would have like a whole new perspective about it. The thing that I actually would not necessarily love is that, like, if they came on tour, where are they gonna play? They're gonna play, like, maybe Brooklyn Steel, maybe somewhere bigger than that. Like, there's a chance they would play MSG. I don't know.
0: I don't really have a great sense of how big they are. I just, um, I know Jamie XX as the, like, big DJ. Yeah. And then the XX, I remember, like, this album. It clearly like kind of crossed in my like I listened to it a little bit I had heard it on the radio I don't think I'd ever listen to it all the way through though
1: I imagine they would play like Brooklyn Steel and sell out like two nights or something like that but it's not I would f- I would be obligated to go see them but I'm not that excited about the idea of Live. seeing them yeah do you do you ever listen to Beach House no it's a lot like that where it's this like kind of dream pop. And, and, and theoretically, maybe the opposite of
0: what we were talking about with the Talking Heads, where, like...
1: Exactly. I went to see them live at Brooklyn Steel, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know, ate an edible, maybe smoked a joint. It's like, I was floating, cool. f- I was floating for, like, an hour and a half, but I don't remember it. Like, yeah. there were no moments. I think it's,
0: it's telling that, although I, I do wonder, as I was, do you see all this stuff about the Sphere this week? With the, oh my gosh, yeah, I'll show you some of these videos, but... Yeah, no, I, I,
1: I, I saw, it's, oh yeah, oh yeah. it's the most amazing... Thing I've ever seen it's completely
0: mind blowing. Um, and somebody, some I saw somebody on Twitter that was like, This is the greatest concert going experience ever. And some other guy quote tweeted it, uh, that guy Schlams, the like, yeah, class. yeah. And he's like, No, the greatest concert venue of all time is like a tiny little place where you're like three feet from the lead singer, yeah. But this might be like the best musical experience. And I do wonder if, as this starts to evolve, theoretically, experiential stuff is clearly the only thing movies are dying, like, but people want to go see communal experiential usually musical stuff like if there were a mini dome in brooklyn
1: okay you know this happened like a month ago here really okay so a month ago there was this thing brenner was trying to get us to go and we just couldn't we oh that was that what that that yes and it was like a listening experience and like some super hi-fi situation and one of the five selected albums was the xx this album okay so (laughs) yes so you (laughs) Nice. so yeah
0: it'll be stuff like that or vr like those types of things i could be see it'll be cool to see if assuming these get more popular like my suspicion is the best we look back in 10 years the best show ever at the dome the sphere will not be a u2 show mm. or taylor swift it'll probably be something that's a little bit more unique like i'm supervised i don't think it would be him but like a jacob collier like the the visual part of it is fully designed for the show and it's supersonic and there's there's a speaker in every seat so you're using all of it's fun to imagine how live music might evolve yeah when you have different sort of like you have a different playground
1: I don't, I haven't like I watched the video so there's two videos from the from the sphere that yeah, yeah. that went viral one is the one with the numbers and the thing coming crashing down uh, t- I can take it or leave that but the one of the with the the landscape and, like, the canyon in the background. It would be really – I mean, you unfortunately have no choice but to see you 2 at a football stadium. Yeah. Like, that is just – that's the truth. Like, that's the only place you can see them. This place is 20,000 people, which is bigger than any arena in the U.S. So, bigger than MSG, bigger than – Really? The Sphere's 19.5.
0: Oh, I guess I'm – so, arena is, like, the forum or MSG. Uh, Basketball,
1: hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so this is actually the sphere is the smallest place you can see you 2 despite it being the biggest indoor wow. venue. Yeah. And, and probably
0: will, that will actually be a really cool thing for a lot of these mega artists. Theoretically, it's like, imagine seeing Taylor Swift with 20,000 people. Right. If you could see anybody there, who would you see?
1: I think a big band. I have to imagine the sound is amazing in there. Would you see, obviously, I don't think it would happen. Maybe. Would you see LCD there? Yes But that doesn't seem more fun Than seeing them in a Brooklyn's small venue deal. Where I can dance on the yeah, floor yeah. I think it's like Could I s- I was talking about seeing, um, Paying like $300 To go see the Panthers In the Stanley Cup And I was like It feels like a lot of money And I'm like Well, well I would pay 300 To go see U2 And i like I don't love U2 Like that that. But If you go see U2 you, you know they're gonna play the hits Whereas if you go pay $300 The Panthers was- could lose 5 nothing, Like at home In the <laughs> Stanley Cup and, like, that happened. And <laughs> and I think going to see a band that is, like, known for these big performances yeah. there would probably be my preference. Like, someone, Coldplay, U2, where, like, they do this production that is just, it's like, just it's bigger than the band. It's, it's, they're normally doing it with the, the light-up wristbands. Like, yeah. the fact that the light-up wristbands are cool, but bring that to the Sphere, Yeah, that'd be cool. If
0: you could screen any movie on the Sphere, what would you screen? Wow. I, was, I couldn't come up with a good answer to this earlier Other than Top Gun
1: Like the new one Yeah Maverick Is it like built for Like do, is the plane I, don't,
0: I assume it's not But I feel like they're there They've thought about this
1: Yeah The Inception I don't know what, Like a Christopher Nolan Or a Yeah Some big Explosions movie Before we- Sunset <laughs> 19,000 crying <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, communally communally holding. All right. I think with that we will wrap it up. We got uh, some bonus f- content about the sphere. Yeah. We'll we'll check back in later on uh on the best content to see there. Um before we wrap up, do you have anything you would like to share? Anything you'd like to plug? Oh wow. Yeah, any additional thoughts? Um
1: it's currently 11:30 40 thir- 33, 33 a.m. on a Monday in October. No holiday on this particular Monday. <laughs> Jackson of thoughts and things podcast and I are hanging out what are we gonna do once we hang up hang out <laughs> not much on the calendar so I would like to plug the next thing that I'm gonna have to plug because whatever I'm gonna be plugging next I fucking hope is something I'm really excited to plug but for uh, now it's just this podcast we're giving
0: an IOU to future you
1: yes I the next thing I plug I will be something I really care about so th- please check it out <laughs> We'll uh we'll link to the f- well it'll get retroactively updated because so
0: many people are going to listen to this podcast.
1: Yeah, and then I'm going to go back to the old episodes, Pilot 2. Yep, Pilot 2.
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you next time.